morning, everybody, and welcome back. Happy New Year, 9th of January, and we are back in the seat. Let the games begin. We are starting the year 90% invested in the strategy portfolio. Quite happy with that. Before I go on, just a reminder, this is general advice only, if it's advice at all. If you need personal financial advice, go and see a financial planner. Henry and I, glad to be back at the desk. Wall Street down 19.44% last year. NASDAQ down 30% last year. Our market, our market's a bit of a joke really because it's a tale of a few sectors, resources and banks and the rest, which requires you not to buy the market or sell the market so much as to time the sector themes. So our market last year down 5.5% before dividends. So a bit of a flat total return for the year. So blank sheet this year, looking forward to the games. As I say, strategy portfolio is 90% invested. Why aren't we in this big downtrend? Why aren't we in cash? Well, we were in cash. We got back in in October, which was pretty close to the bottom. In fact, it was two days after the bottom. We got back in as the central banks looked like they were beginning to go soft. Over the break, there were some FOMC minutes from the December meeting, and they were hawkish, it has to be said. They did the prudent thing. Strong commitment to returning inflation to a 2% goal. Made significant progress, but more work to do. Open to a higher terminal rate if inflation persists. No Fed governors thinking it would be appropriate to begin reducing the Fed funds rate in 2023 and will make decisions meeting by meeting. The tight labor market, one of the major reasons for the Fed's hawkishness. But the jobs number on Friday, as you will all know by now, Wall Street was up 700 points on Friday after jobs numbers came in a bit lower than expected which was mildly positive, I suppose. But the main takeaway was the hour average hourly earnings number, which was up 4.6 in December and down from 4.8% in November, which suggests wage pressure on inflation is abating and hopes for a soft landing were all over the newswires, built on the idea that a drop in inflation is going to shorten the horizon for the peak in interest rates. In other words, whilst you've been away, we've had a hawkish Fed meeting followed by a good jobs number which suggests inflation may peak. I'm also reading a bit of stuff, especially Stephen Kukulis, which or who is one of used to be one of the major institutional economists, now an independent economist. You might look him up on Twitter and listen to what he has to say. There are uh, very few economists who are truly independent. Capital economics appear to be, and Stephen Koukoulis also is. Whereas someone like Shane Oliver, great as he is, is, I'm afraid, undeniably tied to the AMP, and they have a lot of customers invested in their products. So he's never going to say, sell everything. He comes close sometimes. Whereas some of these independent economists are definitely worth listening to as long as they don't 
don't try to sensationalize themselves for eyeballs. Anyway, Stephen Kukul is telling us that the energy price plummet risks an inflation collapse. And that, I think, although I'm not in the business of making predictions, but if you were to ask me to speculate, I would speculate that 2023, as we look back at the end of the year, might be the year that inflation topped out quite savagely. And I think initially that's going to be taken positively. So for the moment, I'm remaining 90% invested, reasonably optimistic for this year ahead, based on the idea that some of these inflation readings can't possibly be sustained. If you saw over the break, Matt, my colleague, put in a chart of the European inflation rate. Have a look at that. Just astonishing. Cannot possibly be sustained. Also, what can't be sustained is paying $40 for a crap minute steak at my local pub. That, a year ago, would have cost you $18. So there is an enormous amount of inflation price gouging going on, which is opportunistic rather than endemic or necessary. So I think there could be a collapse in inflation this year. Could be one of the themes for 2023. But also the strategy portfolio is about timing the market. I think we're somewhere near the bottom. If you look at the PE chart of the S&P 500 or the ASX 200 at the moment, The ASX is on multi-year lows and the S&P PE, the charts in the strategy piece, is 20% off the top. Obviously, it is because the US market is 20% off the top. But values aren't high. Put it this way, we are not in some bubbly, frothy market hoping the momentum can continue. We're in a fairly savagely, compared to most normal corrections, damaged market looking for the bottom. And that is the game. Almost everything we've got in the strategy portfolio, which was bought in October, is doing well at the moment or is up at the moment. The only one that isn't is the NASDAQ ETF. But we're 17% up on the gold miners index that we hold, 5% up on the Australian ASX 200 ETF, 6% up on the small order. ETF, 3% up on the S&P 500 ETF, 5.9% up on the REIT ETF. We're down, in fact, we're flat really on the resources ETF, which is a bit of a surprise, and down on the NASDAQ. So strategy, I'm really pretty comfortable being invested at the moment. I got asked, if I got asked once, I got asked 100 times, what do you think the ASX 200 will do this year over the break, sitting around the bar table? And one comment was when I said, oh, it's ridiculous. You can't possibly predict it. Who could possibly predict 200 stocks and their share prices multiplied by the number of shares on issue when the number of shares are changing? Add all that up into an index and tell you what the index is going to do. It's hocus pocus, to which the response from one of my colleagues was, not my colleagues, one of my friends was, but you're in the financial markets. The whole thing is a guessing game. So what's your guess anyway? So I guessed, my guess is the market market this year will go up 14%. Don't hold me to that, but that would be based on the idea that the markets always go up 9% per annum. At least that is the average statistic of every economist's spreadsheet over many years. It is 9% is the financial market's average number. If ever you're asked, what do you think the return on equity of the Brazilian subsidiary of BHP is, all you need to do is say 9% and the chances are you're probably right. So my guess 
is the same guess that any strategist would tell you at the beginning of every year, which is up 9%, and then I reckon we'll recover the 5% we lost last year. So my guess is 14%, as I say, don't hold me to it. It's utter rubbish. But there you go. So reasonably optimistic for the year ahead. I think the game is to try and time the bottom as always. We've already done that a little early in October last year, but we're making money from there. So happy with that. And now we just have to keep waking up in the morning, making decisions and getting these sector themes right, which again, we seem to be doing okay, except for the NASDAQ at the moment. But that could turn around pretty quickly. I also think this year, the likelihood is that bond yields are going to continue to come off from their heady levels. I don't think we'll see official rates come down very quickly at all, not unless there'll be an inflation collapse. So I would suggest interest rates, they're going to go up another couple of times in Australia by 25 basis points, another couple of times in the US by 50 basis points each time, and then probably plateau. And we're probably not looking at rate cuts until next year, and only if inflation comes off significantly. That would be my guesswork for this year. Right, in the ideas portfolio, we start the year with a clean sheet but I am adding one trade today and that is Pilbara Minerals. I've been reading some of the Macquarie research on PLS. They have a target price of $7.50. Yes we know they're bulls but they have a target price of $7.50 which is 90% above the current share price. Other brokers, Citigroup, 19% above. Morgan's, 19% above. Ordminet, 29% above. Credit Suisse have an underperform target price, 34% below. They've just got it in for lithium, those guys. And UBS has got a sell on Pilbara Minerals with a target price 20% below. As always, these stocks are sentiment-driven, or this is one of the sentiment-driven stocks. But it does have earnings, it does have a PE, and it does have a yield, 5.4% yield. It is an $11.4 billion company. The lithium stocks all bounced last week. Mineral Resources has had a huge bounce. PLS has been possibly weather-affected, which is obviously temporary and does provide a buying opportunity there was a technical buy signal on the stock this morning very short-term stuff but just to keep the interest going in the ideas portfolio buying Pilbara minerals this morning let's see how we go with that You'll also see in the strategy piece, generally market sentiment looking better. We've had three up days in the ASX 200 on the trot. It's sort of broken that short-term downtrend it's been in and RSI heading up. So momentum returning to the market, possibly. Also today, I've done a bit of a write-up of the things you've possibly missed in the break. The main things were the FOMC minutes, which were hawkish, and the jobs numbers, which were taken very positively. Have a read of some of the other stuff that went on there. One of the odd ones was Mineral Resources. Sorry, not Mineral Resources. was Magellan Financial Group. MFG hit an all-time low. Is that an all-time low? Down 10.5% on the day they reported $2.6 billion worth of net outflows in December. Ugly stuff. The brand damage continues. 
I've put some technical scans in these strategy piece today. BHP hit a 52-week high on Friday, as did CIA, Champion Iron, another iron ore stock. And a number of gold stocks hit 52-week highs last week. They ended the year very solidly. 52-week lows, MFG and BUB. And there wasn't much in the way of RSI buy or sell signals today. There were a couple in there. Have a look in the strategy piece. None of which, when I looked at their charts, I would be doing anything about out at the moment. I've also written a section today called last year. That'll just round up some of the movements last year for you. Everybody was raking over 2022, obviously, as we came into the end of the year. So a few collected thoughts on that. And lastly, I was hoping, but haven't got there today, I was hoping to get to an educational article about volatility in stocks. It is something the fixed interest market pays ultimate respect to volatility. When volatility picks up in fixed interest instruments, it is a danger sign and creates selling. At the same time, in equities, it's largely ignored. I was talking to someone over the break who had a fairly big holding in zip, which they had lost 80% on. And in the same breath, he was talking about Woodside as if they were two very similar investors investments when of course the volatility on the two is utterly different and people really ought to differentiate you really ought to differentiate between stocks and have an innate understanding of how volatile stocks are when you buy them so you know what you're in for. It's standard practice for seasoned traders, especially those that participate in things like position sizing, to only buy small amounts of volatile stocks and large amounts of very unvolatile stocks are acceptable. So I'm going to write an article just pointing out the volatility on the difference in volatility between some stocks. I'll try and get that to that this week. Didn't have time today. I'll also be trying to update all the website portfolios and the spreadsheets today. Right, first day back. That's probably enough for one day. Looking forward to getting things straightened out in the first week of the year. Weather's been good. The market's not frothy. Every opportunity to make some money this year. Let's see how we go. You have a fabulous day. I will speak to you tomorrow. (laughs) 